to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Edmondson Solicitors Limited and Haven Insurance Company Limited, and the citation for this case is 2018 UKSC 21. Now, for the most part, small claims in the UK run fairly smoothly, and there is often no need to actually go to court. The claimant's representatives upload the details to an online road traffic accident portal that is run by the Ministry of Justice. The insurer then responds by choosing to either accept liability or not, and if they do accept liability, the amount of damages is negotiated between the parties. The way things generally work in this area is that solicitors' fees and costs are paid directly by the insurer. There is though a constant tension between insurers and solicitors, and this case has its origins in Haven Insurance thinking that they had found a way to skip the middleman and save more money in the process. Six people were involved in road traffic accidents where the vehicles were all insured by Haven. They entered into conditional fee agreements with Edmondson solicitors, which is another way of saying that it was your standard no-win-no-fee type situation. As usual, the case details were uploaded to the portal, but shortly afterwards Haven made good settlement offers directly to the claimants that did not account for the costs to the solicitors. Haven sold this method to the claimants as being quicker and a way to get more compensation. Unsurprisingly, the claimants were delighted with this and accepted the offer before then cancelling their agreements with Edmondson. As you can imagine, Edmondson were significantly less happy about this and made a claim against Haven for the costs that they had lost out on. The legal argument that they were making was around the enforcement of something called an equitable lien, which is basically the security over the fees that is paid out after the litigation is over. At first instance, Edmondson lost as the action taken by Haven was regarded as perfectly legitimate, but at the Court of Appeal, it was held that even though the claimants from the road traffic accidents did not have liability in contract law for the solicitor's fees, and so there was no equitable lien, it was possible to adapt the traditional remedy so that, as per the protocol, the costs could be claimed from the insurers. When the case came before the Supreme Court, the justices did not exactly like the flexible approach taken by the Court of Appeal, and found that such a loose adaptation of existing remedies to line up with the protocol was not appropriate. Ultimately, the protocol, which is a set of rules set up by the Ministry of Justice, is a purely voluntary scheme with no legislative force, and so there are no legal obligations that can arise out of it, as was suggested by the lower court. In the end, it was held that the traditional equitable lien could be enforced, as the claimant did have a contractual duty, in respect of payment of the solicitor's fees. Therefore, the solicitors were able to win against the insurers without having to fiddle with the existing legal arrangements. To explain this decision, Lord Briggs began by noting that things like no-win-no-fee agreements were all a part of increasing access to justice for those who might not ordinarily be able to pay solicitors up front. Part of this arrangement includes the equitable lien, And in order for this part of the justice system to operate effectively, there has to be that contractual liability for the solicitor's fees that we mentioned earlier. Furthermore, to advance this idea of there being a traditional equitable lien, we can also see that there is a debt that exists, 
over which it would be fair or equitable for the solicitor to have rights over. And finally, to link this back to equity once again, the conscience of the insurer has clearly been touched as they know that what they are doing is fundamentally cheating the solicitors out of their money. A related question that was explored by the court was whether Haven had sufficient notice of the Lien, but it was found use of the portal itself was sufficient here as it not only provided the details of the claim, but also the intention of the claimant to do so using a conditional fee agreement that had been agreed with a solicitor. Unfortunately, Lord Briggs did not address the interesting argument that the insurers taking and then using this data from the portal was a breach of data protection law. In the end, this wasn't relevant to the final decision in respect of the equitable Lien, but it has to be said that this does look like a misuse of data, and future cases would undoubtedly risk falling foul of the new Data Protection Act 2018. Overall, the revolutionary approach taken by the Court of Appeal was interesting, but was simply unable to stand the test of traditional principles of equity that have developed in English law over hundreds of years. An equitable lien cannot be based on an unconscionable act alone, and there does have to be a contractual duty. It would not be right for such a duty to arise out of a voluntary protocol, but when it comes to analysing this decision in the Supreme Court, the question to ask is whether the agreement struck between a solicitor and a claimant should impact on the actions of a third party like an insurer. At first this might seem a little unfair, but the point of a lien is that it is not merely binding between the parties, but everyone that has notice. This is why Lord Briggs was keen to point out that use of the portal is itself sufficient to constitute that notice. Before we finish, I think that this is also a good opportunity to talk about the Civil Liability Bill that is currently making its way through Parliament, as this will have a potentially huge impact on small claims such as those that form the basis for this case. For example, the offers made by the insurers here are referred to as pre-medical offers because they take place before a full medical assessment has been undertaken to find out the extent of the claimant's injuries. Under the bill these would simply be banned and given their wider context this makes a lot of sense. They are often used by insurers to try and sort things out quickly and while at first glance this appears to be good for claimants, the amount offered will tend to be much less than the claimant could have received if they had actually waited. In general though, the passage of the bill would be a huge win for insurers, as small claims for things like whiplash, that is very hard to define, would hardly be worth it given the lowering of tariffs. It is thought that this will save insurers more than £1 billion a year and they have promised it to pass this on to customers, but that's not enforceable, and let's be honest, we all know insurers, it's hardly going to be likely. The lower returns also mean that lawyers will no longer be interested either, and so it's likely that claimants will have to bring cases on their own, a fact that will only serve to compound the government's already abysmal record when it comes to access to justice. Well, thanks as ever for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks as well to bensound.com who provides the awesome theme music. If you did enjoy the podcast, remember to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. That's always very much appreciated. I'll be back with another case next week. But in the meantime, bye.